the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The work of the Spirit, it is 100% of the time successful. It is the assurance of victory, as we'll see today on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Hi there, and welcome to another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. We are back in Judges chapter 6, verses 34 through 39, again looking at Gideon, the life of Gideon, and the illustration of Christ and God's grace that he has for us. Today's message is called The Work of the Spirit in the Assurance of Victory. And when the Spirit is involved, there is always victory. We'll look at the clarion call of the Spirit today and the commitment of his brethren and the collective gathering of the tribes that Gideon experiences. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Gideon is teaching us a lot of lessons about how God chooses and uses people, people that are unsuspecting and people that are in, in the eyes of human estimation and judgment. Uh, unqualified and unworthy to do the work of God. The title of our message today is Gideon and the work of the Spirit of God, the assurance of his victory. And I want you to really take those words in, the work of the Spirit of God and the assurance of victory. This is what the narrative will be teaching us in terms of a central point. There are many applications I hope that the Spirit of God would draw out for your life. How does the Spirit of God work in bringing about the assurance of victory in the life of the people of God? Consider, consider with me the danger, the holy danger, the gloriously holy danger of being concerned for the things of God in a place of solitude, insignificance, and obscurity. It's a starting point. I I describe it as a holy danger, the gloriously holy danger of being concerned for the things of God and being concerned for the things of God in a place of obscurity and insignificance and solitude. And of course, what I am talking about is how we met the man Gideon. We met him in a place of deep, deep contemplation about the things of God. That's the man that you met. You met a man resonating with the difficulties of his own time and resonating with the difficulties of his own life. You met a man who was clearly agitated by the events that circumscribed his life. But you also met a man who was very much aware of his own inadequacies 
his own deficiencies, his own inability to change the circumstances that are around him. Now, the effort of my labors are around how important it is to think right. We meet Gideon at the point of thinking, at the point of reasoning through, at the point of concern for his situation, for his life. Is that not an inference of some kind of discernment? Of course it is. It's an inference of Gideon at least being aware that things are wrong. The matters about my life are not right. And Gideon is concerned about it. See, it all starts with the way we think. And God took notice of the meditation and cogitation and deep agitation and concern of Gideon, did he not? Did he not meet Gideon in the contemplative state of trying to figure out where is the Lord? What is the Lord up to? If he's up to anything, why has all this fallen out to our people? And if you guys remember, maybe I need to stir you up by way of remembrance, your pure minds. God met Gideon in this deep cogitation first with the word of the living God by the prophet who came and let Gideon, as well as everybody know that the whole people of God were out of line with God. Remember that. And the second thing that God did was not only bring the word of God, but he also now brought the revelation of Christ. Gideon is now being interceded now in invaded by the presence of God because the angel of the Lord shows up in the middle of Gideon's thoughts. And what does the Lord say to him? Gideon, Gideon, the Lord is with you, thou mighty man of valor. I want you to grasp the idea that in order for you and I to come into a place where we comprehend and therefore find ourselves in the company of the true and the living God is at the level of how we think. It's how we think. And marvel at this because you have been on this excursion with me. God met him in his thoughts. And then God told him what God's thoughts were. And now Gideon is re uh, uh, resonating with the revelation of God's thoughts. And God is giving Gideon promises that God would deliver Israel through God himself. So Gideon's thoughts and God's thoughts are now integrating, are they not? And God is bringing Gideon into a place of assurance. This is, this is what we might call the prevenient work of grace, that, that preparatory work of grace, where God deals with you in your heart and your mind, where God lets you know something's wrong with the world and something's wrong with you. And something's wrong with me. What you're going to learn through the through line of our study all the way to the end of our excursion is that God lifts Gideon up to show you and I that Gideon had a right assessment of himself. Like God will not use you mightily until you understand who you are and who you are in God. Like that, that is essential to the blessing of the spirit of God. So you might lift up the reality that when the spirit of God begins to deal with you, he's dealing with you, bringing you into a revelation of you, a proper understanding of yourself. How can you do what God wants you to do until you understand who you are in light of God's view of you? 
And many people would take Gideon and view Gideon as a kind of weakling and a kind of formular of faith, a kind of individual who is demonstrating over and over again almost an irreverence towards God as we have it here in our account. But may I say this, Gideon knows his limitations. Gideon knows his weaknesses. Gideon knows his deficiencies. And God is drawing that out to teach you and me some lessons about the only way you're going to get God on your side is for you to get on God's side about who you are and the reality of all that you are before him. And imagine this, Gideon being hungry for the truth, laboring mentally. Remember what I told you, the treading of the corn was a kind of mental exercise of discerning between truth and error and falsehood and righteousness. When the wheat is separated from the chaff, we clearly see what is now eatable and digestible and ripe for us over against that which is chaff, do we not? And we get to see by discernment when God graces us what is true and what is false. And all believers are made to know the truth as it is in Christ because we can have no assurance until we have separated the wheat from the chaff. And that labor has blessed Gideon with not only the codified word of God, not only the presence of Christ, not only the promises of God, but he also blessed Gideon with the power to actually break down his daddy's idols. And we talked about that last week, did we not? How that is extremely important that if we're going to be any, do any largest work for God, home has to be taken care of first, right? If a man does not know how to take care of his own household, he has no ability, no capacity, no calling to deal with the larger straits and difficulties of society. And Gideon is, is, is modeling for us how God brings us along in preparation for the task to which God has called us. Now think about this, because we're almost at the point of deeper consideration. Gideon has thought his way through the problem, and he's finding himself now in the middle of a holy war for God with the bullseye on his back, and he's God's man now. Do you see how far he has come? Gideon now finds himself in the middle of God's battle as God's man, in God's hour, in God's moment. How far has a brother come for simply being graced to think right before God? Hence, again, the title of our message, Gideon and the work of the Spirit and the assurance of victory. Gideon has exhibited the power of God in his life in the humiliation of Baal in his family's life and the exaltation, not only of the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel of God's grace in the offering of that sacrifice, but the exaltation of Gideon himself. Gideon is now exalted, is he not? Look with me again in our text over at verse 32, 6 verse 32. This is where we pick up with Gideon. Therefore, on that day, he, that is Gideon's father, called him Jerubbaal, saying, let Baal plead against him because he had thrown down his altar. We picked up last time in recognizing that Gideon is exalted, is he not? Gideon has now been put on a platform to be seen by all of his brethren as the man that God used to restore Israel to the true and living God. Anybody with me? 
This is no small matter. When you live in a world of error and falsehood, when you live in a community where your loved ones are buying into Baal or everywhere, and God is pleased to use you to tear down that idol and reestablish the crown rights of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, that's no small matter. You need to be going, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, because that's what God has called you and me to do. I closed out last time. We are called to bring down every imagination and every reasoning and every doctrine and every falsehood that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Why, pastor? Without that labor, no one will be saved. Everybody's walking around with a refuge in front of them, hiding them from the reality of the truth. We live in a culture where this is prominent and totally acceptable. And what has God done? He's made Gideon the man of the hour. He's made Gideon the man of the hour. But do you know what happens when you find yourself in the holy war of God? And as one of the chief uh, proponents of a battle for the glory of God and for the fame of Christ, do you know what happens? Now you have a bullseye on your back. Look at the text, verse 33. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. Do you see it? So now you see how that what's being juxtaposed is how God is moving in the life of his people, raising up a savior motif. You guys do understand the theme I told you last week, and I want you to hold on to it because you will not be able to see the progression of the gospel in our preaching if you don't hold these major themes. God always uses one man to save many. That is the low I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will. Gideon, therefore, is a great type of who? The Lord Jesus Christ. There's one savior, one mediator between God and man. And what is his name? The Lord Jesus Christ. And whenever God is going to save and I may say this also, whenever he's going to redeem his people, because I heard Angelo, uh, Elder Angelo asserting in, in our prayer, you know, Lord, if there's anyone here that does not know you, please bring them into a saving knowledge of Christ that they might know him in the power and pardon of their sins. I said in my own breath behind him, Lord, if there's anyone in here that knows you, but living in rebellion and disobedience against you, break their heart and bring them back to the fold, oh God. That's what I'm saying. Because of course, the narrative is teaching us restoration after repentance. Wasn't that last week's message? When God grants repentance unto the acknowledgement of the truth, you will begin to see restoration. And then that was inferred in our elders' words when he said, Lord, we need a what? A revival in our land. Don't you feel it? Don't you sense it? Isn't it logical to men and women who, who think transcendently, who know that the world is not just a bunch of molecules bumping into each other unintelligibly, but that God has created this universe for his own glory? And that when things are falling apart, for it to come back together again, God has to intervene? Why aren't the people of God all over America calling on the name of the Lord? Because that's where the remedy comes from. I'm here to tell you it started with our brother Gideon. And if you wonder, will God use one person, one man, one woman, one child to change an event, to change an environment, to change a society? The answer is absolutely yes. 
Absolutely yes. And if a man is hungering for truth and and starving for righteousness in the land, have we not stated it over and over again? God has granted him a hunger. God has granted her a hunger. See, I'm excited about the text because I see once again how that God works to bring to pass his glorious will when he brings his people to a place of understanding who they are. Gideon is about to get a hold of some handles, ladies and gentlemen, some tools, some assets by which God will be highly exalted and the people of God will be redeemed out of captivity and the enemies of God will be summarily defeated. May he grant you grace to understand the truth of the scripture today. We look, therefore, then at point number one in our outline. I call this the clarion call of the spirit of God, the clarion call of the spirit of God. It can be seen over in verse 34 really simply. But the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Now, that expression is used very tersely in the book of Judges. It's not a term used for every judge in the book of Judges. It is a term, however, for those who are sensitive to looking for the person and work of God in the scriptures to highlight. Because what we are discovering is when Gideon discovers that he has a bullseye on his back and that he is called to be what God had promised him in verse 11 and in verse 12 and in verse 14 of our earlier chapter, Gideon, you mighty man of valor, the Lord will deliver Israel out of the hands of the Midianites through you. Boy, that sounds good as a promise to any one of us. Is that right? But then when the implications of that promise emerge and you discover that you are the man or the woman of the hour to have to fight the Lord's battle, it's a whole nother thing when you look up and see the legions of adversaries mounting up a resistance against you. Now what you gonna do? Well, may I tell you as we continue to move on, it's not so much as what you are going to do, it's what is God going to do? And here I am telling you that the way God works is that when it's time to prepare you for battles, he is going to give you the aid of the third person because it's impossible for you to fight the Lord's battles without the Lord himself. Please capture this first point. The clarion call of the spirit of God is given to Gideon. So Gideon can be the one man that we were told he would be right as one man, as one man to do things beyond Gideon's own inability to do the clarion trumpet means that Gideon now has a voice. Hear me now. He has a voice that will work in a powerful way to gather together the elect of God, the people of God, and prepare them for the battle that is in front of them. That is the work of the Spirit of God in the first sense. And do we not see an illusion of this in the idea of the gospel? Is not the gospel a trumpet? Is it not a clarion call? You better know that it is. 
The gospel is a trumpet call to sinners that they are under the wrath of God. It is a trumpet call to repentant sinners that the only way of escape from that wrath is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you are truly a child of God, when the spirit of God speaks to you, he speaks to you as a trumpet. Did not John, the beloved apostle, say that in Revelation chapter one? And I heard behind me a voice like unto a trumpet. And being turned by the grace of God, I saw the voice that spake with me. I'll say it as I said it many years ago as we worked this through. You ready for this? The unbeliever never hears a trumpet when God's word is spoken. The true believer knows that God's voice is power and is a call to respond to him in reverence and holiness. Numbers chapter 10 becomes what we call the catechism for this paradigm. Numbers chapter 10, I'm going to read verses 1 through 6 to give you an idea of how the Old Testament, as Israel was making its way through the wilderness, were taught that whenever God is calling attention to you, he's going to use a trumpet to blow. And here's what it says. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, verse 2, Make thee two trumpets of silver, of a whole piece shall you make them. That is, the trumpet shall not be put together in component parts. It shall be one whole silver part. That is a fascinating concept in itself. That you may use them for the what? Calling of the assembly. You see, ladies and gentlemen, how that the gospel is an integrating principle? Do you see how the gospel calls us together? Do you understand that church, ecclesia, or synagogue is a gathering together of the people of God? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And is not under most circumstances when you and I are out of the way, we're like sheep scattered upon the mountains? Does not God have to call you back to himself? And is he not doing that every time we gather in the preaching and teaching of the word of God when it comes in power? Does he not assemble us? Is that not our theme in Psalm 119? Remember the word unto thy servant upon which you have caused us to hope. This is our comfort in all of our affliction because your word is what gives us life. Ladies and gentlemen, you were saved by a call. You were called out of darkness. You were called out of death. You were called out of deafness. And it wasn't a whistle. It wasn't a flute. I'm sorry. It was a trumpet. And it shook your soul up out of the grave of sin and aroused you to a revelation of his his righteousness and the horror of your rebellion and your hell bound state. And it gave you enough life to say, Lord, save me. And he brought your soul up out of that grave of sin and death. The blessed trumpet call of the gospel. This is what Joe, this is what Gideon has found himself engaged in, conflating the work of the spirit with the trumpet. Notice what it says in verse one here. It says that you may call the the assembly and for the journeying of the camp. So there are two things here I want you to capture. Won't stay long, but the symbolism is unavoidable because talking about the spirit of God and the trumpet, it's unavoidable because you and I are not deeply rooted covenant people. We don't know our Bibles well enough to just hear terms expressed in the narrative and understand their backdrop, okay? So we have to do this because we just don't live in a culture where people are that deep in the word of God. So notice what it says. They are assembled together and they are assembled together for their what? Journey. In other words, God has called the people of God to advance in their walk with him and to move forward because we have a destiny to arrive at. Is that not true? 
It can be stated again every time the preaching of the gospel is set forth and the, and the word of God is soundly expounded. Not only are we assembled, we are advancing forward, pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Is that true? Are we on a journey? Right. So I need you to know two things. The enemy hates the assembly. It hates the assembly. We've known that now for two and a half years. It hates the reassembly because every time we reassemble, we're given instructions how we might advance in our walk in God. And every time we advance in our walk of God, we are demonstrating the defeat of the enemy and the soon annihilation of him at the arriving of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Am I making some sense? And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.